If you've got your Bibles with you or on any device, just open it with me, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to kind of tell you a little bit about this, and I want to pull up a couple of scriptures here to help you uh, with, today, with this today. Um, the Lord speaks to Samuel in 1 Samuel, and he, he says, and I'm going to paraphrase this, I'm done with Saul. It's over. He, he's not the man. He's not, what, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's not living the life he should live. And I have someone else to be king over Israel. And he said, I want you to go down to Jesse's house, and I want you to go down there and use the pretense of a sacrifice And when you go down there, I'm going to show you who that man is that's going to be king in Saul's place. So Jesse goes down to, I mean, uh, Samuel goes down to Jesse's place and um, tells Jesse, hey, gather your kids, gather your sons. God's got something for one one of your boys. And so you know, Jesse did what he, what he said. And in verse 6, it says, So it was when they came, the boys, that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before you. Now, Samuel saw something. And you got to understand, he was a prophet. He was a spiritual man. But what he was looking at was not what God was looking at. He saw a big, strapping, strong, good-looking guy, the oldest, a warrior. And he said, this is it. This has got to be God's anointing. Aren't you glad that it's not up to men to declare who's anointed and who isn't? I mean, I'm happy for that. Because I've looked in the mirror, and and I'm happy that God doesn't, doesn't pick based on how you look. But listen to what the Lord said. The Lord said to Samuel, verse 7, Do not look at his physical appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Man, am I glad. I don't know about you, but I am glad that the Bible says that the Lord looks at the heart. He does not see as a man sees. He looks at the heart. Now listen to me today. One of the most powerful and life-fulfilling things you can know is that our covenant with God works through your heart. It doesn't work through your appearance. It doesn't work through your knowledge. It doesn't work through how good you think you are. It works through your heart. And some people, you can look at them and you can think, there is no way God would ever use them. But God's not looking at what you're looking at. God's looking on the inside. He's looking at them when they're laying in their bed late at night and nobody's talking and they're not talking and he hears the voice of their heart. And sometimes I think we can get real critical when we don't, because we look at the exterior. We hear the words, but God looks at something different. He looks at the heart. 
And he's, he, he, he guides by the heart. So you need to be encouraged today that you have a p- place with God if you will just have a clear, open heart toward God and toward the things of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 says this. God said this to us. He said, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. Now listen to this. I will put my laws in their hearts. Where? In a, not on tablets of stone, in your heart. Let me explain the difference real quick. I learned this many years ago. I actually heard it. I stole it from another preacher, but that's okay. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, so I, uh, that's okay. Let me explain the difference, okay? Now, if you're a parent and you've got kids, especially teenage kids, any teenagers in here? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking bad about you, okay? And you walk in their room and you say, this place is a wreck. Clean it up. What are the next words? Or else. There are consequences. Now listen, when children are young, I understand you have to have rules. I'm not trying to, to say that, but, he, but I want you to understand where God's coming from here. So he said, clean up that room or you lose this privilege or you can't do this or whatever it might be. I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, that motivated me. Especially when, I had, when, when they would take the car keys and, yeah. All right, so that's not how God deals with us today. Literally, here's what God does. Teenager, I want to show you from my heart why it is better for you to keep a clean, neat room than it is for it to be a junk pile. And so all of a sudden, instead of doing it because they told me I had to do it, you do it because you have the same heart they have. That's how God works in our lives today. That's what God wants out of your life today. He doesn't want you living a fearful life because of rules and regulations. He wants you to have his heart. He wants you to be motivated. And so that's why he speaks to your heart. So if I can motivate a teenager to clean their room up just because it's in their heart, I never have to worry about it. I know that's a wishful thinking for some of you, but but that's the kind of covenant that we have with God. God literally has invested his whole life through Jesus in working with you, not from your head, not from laws, but from your heart. Now, it doesn't mean there aren't laws because it says he writes them on your heart. Some people think, well, because there aren't any laws, I can do whatever I want. No, God just puts them in your heart, and you have to obey from the heart. But that's the way God works in our lives. Everything he does, he works from the inside out. The Bible says, I'm not going to read this, but in 2 Corinthians 3.3, that God writes on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, wow. It's amazing what can happen in your life. It's amazing what won't happen in your life if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit. Because He's constantly wanting to put things in your heart. 
Things that are in communion and fellowship with the Father. Directions for your life. But it all starts in the heart. It doesn't start in your head. Today, there is such a, a momentum, and it's sad to say in the church about, well, God's in control. Now, listen to me. How do you explain God being in control when there is a devil? Unless you're saying God manipulates the devil for your benefit. I've heard that too, by the way. That's not the way God works. He works through your heart. He he speaks to you. He guides you. He writes on your heart. To lead you. He instructs you from the word of God. Not the legal side of the word. But what penetrates your heart. Because you can read the Bible. And it means nothing. I remember I hadn't been saved very long. Maybe a year. And, and um, my mother went to a, a denominational church. And, and um, uh, when she went. It wasn't often. But when she did go. But. But she wanted me to go to church with her. So I went with her. And, it, and this particular church, well, it's a Lutheran church. Anybody in here Lutheran? You're going to understand this. if I. But they get up and, and read from Luther's writings and declarations from, you know, from the Word of God. And they started reading all that stuff, and I started getting excited. I wanted to jump up and shout. And everybody was just as stone-faced, just reading that, just like it was just a poem. What's the difference? They're reading it with their head. I was hearing it in my heart. See, that's where God works. That's where God wants to work in our lives and wants to, to, to help us and to guide us in, in our lives. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, called it the hidden man of the heart. That's the real you. That's the you that nobody but you knows who you are. Because you can do all sorts of things on the outside, but it doesn't mean it's the real you. You can do things with a smile on your face and resentment in your heart. Yeah, thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. Amen. So you have to understand that this, this is God's flow, God's way, and he trusts it even though it's violated all the time. That trust is violated all the time, but he still won't give up on working with your heart. So I want to show you something that's scary in the Word of God and it's found in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14. I want you to listen to this, okay? Peter said, and he's talking about a group of people. He says, they have eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. And not only that, they entice unstable souls. Now listen to this phrase. They have a heart... Trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have a heart that is trained in covetous practices. 
You know, the word there, trained, literally means that they literally work themselves into a place where they are controlling their heart by what they do. It is a discipline. You know, how would you like to go around bragging on, yeah, I'm disciplined. I, uh, I, I'm real good at sin. You know, I've really disciplined myself to sin. Oh, by the way, I'm really good at sexual sin. I mean, I have worked hard, disciplined myself toward sin. And not only that, but I try my best to get other people involved. That's what these people were doing. They literally had trained their hearts in a negative direction. Trained their hearts toward things that that were contrary to God. Now, here's the scary part. Listen to the first part of the 15th verse, okay? You want something that'll shake you up? Listen to this. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray. Wait a minute. You mean at one time these were believers? And now they have done just the opposite, uh, totally the opposite of what they know is right to do, they have forsaken the right way and gone astray, gone a different way. See, that's the thing that's amazing to me about our God. He trusts your heart, and if you want to train your heart the wrong way, it'll, so be it. If you want to open your heart up to God, it opens a world to you that is beyond your wildest imagination. See, the reason I'm saying that is because I, I, I trained my heart towards sin before I got saved. I trained, I mean, I was good at it. I was real good. Not only that, I love trying to bring people into my kingdom of sin. But when I got saved, I started training my heart a different direction. I started training my heart by what God's Word said. I started training my heart by what the Holy Spirit was saying to me. And I began to learn to hear the voice of the Lord by the Holy Spirit on the inside of me to guide me in the direction that I needed to go so that I could live the life He wanted me to live. But do you know what? It was my responsibility to do that. Well, God's going to do what God's going to do. That's not true. Listen, I'm going to tell you, God is not going to ask you, he's not going to ask you about things that you look at or things on the outside. He's going to ask you about heart issues when he, when he sees. Jesus is going to talk to you about heart issues. Your heart was wrong here. And you're going to say, yeah, I know it. And he's going to say, well, why didn't you change it? Aren't you glad you came to church today? Yeah, I'm, because listen to me. If you don't understand that that's where God speaks, he speaks to your heart whether you receive it or not. And so when this thing's over and Jesus is back and we're talking to Jesus face to face, that's what we're going to be dealing with, our heart issues. But I'll tell you, that these, these people literally were cursed, the Bible says, because they trained their hearts 
the wrong way. See, whether you realize it or not, you're training your heart every day. If you go sit and watch just about anything on television for, a number, for four or five hours a day and you don't think you're training your heart, you're mistaken. Because what you see will come out of your mouth eventually. I just love to watch Naked and Afraid. Yeah, that's going to really help your heart. The reason I use that because one of our church members' sons actually did that. He was on one of the shows in the Philippines. So, No, I did not watch it. But my point is, it, you're training your heart one way or the other. If you're listening to garbage, you're training your heart to garbage. You, well, I, I, it, it doesn't bother me. That's not true. I had a good close friend many years ago, and he used to go to all these R-rated movies. I said, man, how can you sit through those? They're cursing. They're, you know, there's all kinds of filthiness. He says, oh, I don't notice all that stuff. I'm, that's not what I'm paying attention to. Yeah, not too many years after that, he ended up committing adultery. Why? Because he trained his heart. He knew what the Word of God said, but he trained his heart the wrong way. So you have to be careful. So God speaks whether you receive it or not. Let me show you, let me give you some examples from the Word of God I think will help you with this. Over in Luke chapter 24, Two disciples who had watched Jesus' crucifixion and had heard about him being raised from the dead were on the road to Emmaus, city, a small town. While they're on the road, Jesus, who has been resurrected, walks up to them. Hey, what are you guys talking about? What's going on? They didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. You say, well, well, that's understandable. Why would it be understandable? Jesus actually told them, he started talking to them about what had happened and about what the word said. And he said this in verse, in verse 25. He said, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe. Now think about it. Stop and think about it. This is a three-day span between Jesus' death and resurrection. And in three days, their heart was already slowing down from the things of God. They didn't even recognize or perceive that it was Jesus that they were talking to. Even though Jesus was communicating to them the Word of God, and it literally went totally over their heads. Until... They sat down with Jesus, and he did something. He broke bread. And all of a sudden, their eyes were opened. And they realized, this is Jesus. But it hadn't been three days, but three days, and their heart was already slowed in the things of God. Don't kid yourself into thinking you can just kind of wing it for a while and then come back to the Lord. And Listen, that winging time can get you in big trouble. 
when you're just kind of on your own doing your, well, you know, I know I hadn't been in church but a month, but in a month or so, but I'll get back. I'll be all right. You're training your heart. You're training. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here, but you're training your heart. So then listen to what they said uh, after, after it was over. Because listen, listen to this. This is, this is really important. Listen to what they said in verse 32. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? Think about this for a minute. Jesus was with them. They didn't recognize him, but their heart was trying to get free, trying to break out. This is Jesus. It burned on the inside of them, but they didn't see it. I, I, of course, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Who knows how you would react or I would react in that situation. But what I, would, I hoped I would have done was when my heart started burning, I would have pulled Jesus' shirt, pulled his shirt tail, and I would have said, Who are you? Because my heart is stirred up here. But see, they didn't even do that until they realized when he broke the bread, their eyes were open, it says. So you've got to be careful with your life. You've got to be careful with your heart. Let me show you another one over in Acts chapter 2. And I want to use two to compare here so you can see this. In Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching the great Pentecostal message. The Holy Spirit has fallen People are speaking in tongues. They think they're drunk, and people think, some of them think they're crazy. Some of them think, you know, that there's something to it, and Peter gets up and preaches to them. And I mean, he preaches a powerful, powerful message. Now, listen to what it says in verse 37. When they heard, they were cut to the heart. Bam, right to the heart. Not to the head. To the heart. They were cut to the heart. It penetrated their inner being. It touched them. And when it touched them, guess what they did? They said, What do we do now? One translation says, What must we do now? Isn't that a great response? When something hits your heart, what do I do now? Not, okay, I'll check on this later. I'm busy right now. I'll check on this later. Because you're training your heart. Immediately, what do we do? All right, then you go over to the fifth chapter, and Peter's preaching basically the same message again. Okay? But there is a totally different response. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 5, verse 33. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill him. Same message, same anointing. Now they want to kill him. This is a different group. They want to kill him. Why? Because they didn't listen to their heart. They were too consumed with their religion. They were too consumed with the season. And instead of what must I do, they're saying, let's kill a guy. Let's get rid of him. That'll solve everything if we just kill him. You know what? One of the things I learned about God, you kill one of God's servants, he'll raise up ten more just like him. Every time. Every time. I don't have time to get into it, but 
but because nobody wants to hear about martyrs, so <laughs> it's not a message for today. All right, but let me show you this in, same thing in a, in a little different setting. We've got Stephen, one of, one of the disciples, and Stephen is preaching to a bunch of religious people, and he's preaching, and I'm telling you, he's preaching good. He's, he's taking them through the Bible, verse, I mean, almost verse by verse. This is what the Word says. This is what God said. This is what the Word says. You're trying to, you're angry, and you're, but this is what the Word says. Listen to what it says in verse 54 of chapter 7. When they heard these things, listen, they were cut to the heart, just like over in Acts chapter 2. They were cut to the heart. It went to their heart. But listen to the response. They gnashed with their teeth, and then the Bible says they stoned him, killed him. So, well, that would never happen to me. Depends on how you're training your heart. See, I, I know this may be a kind of a, a kind of off the wall um, way to put it, but but you don't think you could have road rage, but then. All of a sudden, something comes out of you. Why? Well, it's, it's your heart. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't even get I thought I'd at least get one amen from somebody, but I mean, gosh. Here's something even scarier than that. There is good news, okay? But, just, but listen, I want you to listen. Here's, what, here's my goal today. My goal is for you to realize I've got to pay attention to my heart. I've got to train my heart. This is not something I can just play with and kind of just do what I want to and, oh, it'll be all right. No, it won't be all right. No. And let me just give you another hint, okay? The older you get, the less control you have over your emotions Listen to me, your emotions and what comes out of your mouth. And so if your heart is not trained right, sooner or later, your heart will be revealed. Actually, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have to even be that, but I, let me give you another example. I was... Um, Becky and I, when we, we hadn't been in ministry very long, we lived in a little uh, townhouse, and, and there was a big curve right by our house. I mean, really sharp curve. And one night about midnight, we heard this, bam! I mean, it, it shook, literally shook the townhouse. And I woke up, and I looked outside, and that a car had missed that curve and was way down in the ditch. So I put on my clothes real quick, ran, ran down there, and Becky called 911, and, and, um, and, there was, and, and as I got closer, you know, it was, cold, it was a little chill in the air that night, and, and, uh, and I, as I got closer, I heard the most foul language. I didn't even cuss like this. I don't even think sailors cuss like this. I mean, it was every word you can imagine. And I said, oh, my Lord, who is this? And, and so, I got down there, and it was a girl, like a 22-year-old girl, 
just ripping it. I mean, just ripping it. And so the car was catching on fire, so I, I pulled her out of the car, drug her out of the car, and laid her on the side of the road and st still ripping it. You know, her leg was broken real bad, and, 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 and she, well, she was in shock. Yeah, she was. And so, you know, the, finally, the, you know, the medics came, and they took her to the hospital and all of that. And, and so I said, you know, I'm going to go visit because she, I said, she needs Jesus. I mean, I'm telling you, <laughs> anybody needs Jesus, she needs Jesus. So I went to the hospital, and I walked in, and I, I said, I know you don't remember me. You don't know who I am, you know, but I was there when you had the wreck and, and pulled you out of the car, and I'm so glad you're, you're doing better today. And, 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 she's, and I said, I'm Pastor Sam Carr, Pastor you know, church here in Shreveport. Oh, I tell you, thank you for coming. I just praise God that everything worked, was okay and I got out and thank you and thank you, Jesus. And I'm thinking, there's something going on. There's something wrong. This, this picture, and because I was, I was prepared to literally talk to her about what happened and came out of her mouth. But then I realized, you know what? That would just offend her. Because I'm telling you, it was like she was the sweetest, most precious believer you'd ever met in your life. She Well, she probably was. No, she wasn't. You know why? Because I know what came out of her heart. So you know what I did? I just loved on her, and I prayed for her, and I said, listen, I just want to tell you right now, listen to me. You've got to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Oh, I do, I do. And I wanted to say, oh, no, you don't, because I heard what you said. <laughs> But I didn't, I just, and, and, and I just encouraged her. So you have to understand, there will be a time. Maybe it will be a time of tragedy. Maybe it'll be a time of adversity, and it'll come out. Usually it comes out of your mouth first. So you have to be careful. All right, now let me listen to this. Let me show you, the reason I said that, let me show you this. Over in Acts chapter 5, we have a story of Ananias and Sapphira. These are uh, two believers. They had seen Barnabas sell some land and put the money in the ministry, and everybody was just really applauding him and all excited about it. So they said, you know what? We're going to do the same thing. So they sold this land, then they got to thinking, you know, this is a lot of money. Uh, I think I'm going to keep some of it. They'll never know the difference. I'm going to keep some of it. And we'll just keep it, and we'll just tell them this is what we sold it for. Nobody will be the wiser. So Ananias brings the money. Now, I'm, I don't know why the Lord did, did this, but for a preacher, it's really a good giving message. I can just tell you for sure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but listen to this. Peter, in, verse, in, in uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 3, listen to what Peter said. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Do you know that the devil, Satan, is always trying to put stuff in your heart? He's always trying to get you offended, always trying to make you think a certain thing that isn't even true, or always trying to put things in you to try to keep your heart from what God says and what God wants for your life. You have to guard that. You have to pay attention to that. Don't kid yourself, I got this. You don't have it. 
without the help of the Holy Spirit, you don't have it. I don't have it. But we're not without the Holy Spirit. Because I'm telling you right now, I have seen way too many people let the enemy fill their heart and deceive them. But see, the more you exercise your heart toward the things of God, the more you pick it up. Oh, no, no, that's not, that's the devil. That's the devil. Listen, when I first started preaching, I'd get up on Sunday morning and I'd preach. If one person frowned, like you're doing, frown. No, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just joking. But I'd say, oh, well, this must have been a terrible message. He was frowning. Where'd that come from? Maybe a little bit of insecurity, but the other part of it is the devil trying to get you to stop. Oh, 10 people frowned today. Oh, you might as well give up. You might as well quit. The enemy wants to fill your heart. Okay? Why help him? Why go do stuff that is his realm and, and help him? We have enough just keeping our hearts right, living right for God. Much less jumping over there with him every once in a while and saying, oh, what well, devil, he, he can't do anything. I'm a Christian. Yeah, right. Two believers. Satan filled their hearts. So you have to be very careful. I'm, I'm, there's, another, uh, there's another example I'll just use real quick. Over in Matthew chapter 13. This man literally, I'm sorry, I said Matthew, didn't I? Sorry. Acts chapter 8, verse, uh, uh, verse 21. This man actually got saved, got baptized, but wanted the money, wanted to make money off of the Holy Spirit. And he wanted to pay Peter and John for the power to give people the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Peter said to him. He said, you don't have any part or portion in this matter. Your heart is not right in the sight of God. This man just got saved. But his heart wasn't right. What's the answer? Well, the answer was for him to repent. So here's the thing. What happened to these people? What, what causes all, all of this? Let me, let me explain it to you. It's because their heart was trained in the wrong way, in the wrong direction. You know, in training, you have good days and bad days. You know, I mean, I, I was an athlete in high school and college, and, and, and we trained. And some days, man, everything worked. You did good, and, it, it, all, you know, all the drills, everything was fine. Some days, it was a disaster. You were tired. You wore out. It's not like it's a perfect scenario, but you have to keep training. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. He was preaching in parables, stories to the, to the people instead of just being blunt with them. And his disciples asked him why. He said, because the heart of the people has grown dull. Their ears hard of hearing, their eyes they've closed. closed. Okay. Now listen, you got to hear the way Jesus is saying this. 
lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. Do you know that Jesus said, it's not my fault. It's their fault. Their hearts are not right. They're dull. Their hearts are dull. The word there, dull, means thick or hardened or calloused. Now, I can understand this from the standpoint of a non-believer. Because, I mean, I resisted God so many times when he called me and spoke to my heart. I mean, I resisted him till the, finally I didn't. So I can, but when you're a believer and you become that way, that's scary. That you become callous in your heart. You don't want to see. You don't want, I don't want to see. I don't want to, I don't want to believe. Because Jesus said, listen to this, unless they open their eyes, open their ears, and understand. That word there, understands, means they put it together. What happens when you do see, you do hear, you do understand with your heart? What happens? Supernatural things happen. Jesus said, lest I should heal them. Supernatural things happen when you're open. And your heart's open to the things of God. Just a few weeks ago, we had our Freedom Crusade, which a lot of you came to. How many of you enjoyed the Freedom Crusade? Wasn't it awesome? Yeah, if you were there, listen, next year you need to come. It was really amazing but we we had uh, just we we were having miracles i mean the testimonies of people that were healed it was just for for me it, it was just mind-boggling it was like wow look at what god did and and it literally every bit of it was god it was no man it was no pretension it was just god well one of my uh, 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 uh husband and wife church members of mine his mother who belonged to a denominational church who taught that healing was not from the, for today who yet was sick they tried to get her to come they said mom god's working people are being healed people are people are all sorts of things are happening and 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 god wants to heal you and listen this is what she said she looked at him and she said no healing for me No healing for me. I'm, I'm thinking, wow. Now, that's, that's, that's what happens to your heart when you, when you don't put it together. Okay, let's see. My kids are in church. Now, listen. My kids are in church. My son and my, and, and my daughter-in-law in church, they never miss. They're changed people. God's worked in their lives. They're, 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 they're serving. They're giving. They're living a right life. And now they're at a meeting where people, they say people are being healed. Let me think about that a minute. No healing for me. You say, oh, that could never happen to me. You've got to train your heart. Proverbs 4.23, which y'all have already heard, but let me read this out of the New Living Translation. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Listen to me. It determines the course 
of your life. Let me, I've been in a a meeting uh, with a friend of mine, John Bevere, in Colorado, and I was having dinner um, with him and his wife and some other people, and the man sitting next to me was a very wealthy man. And uh, we were talking, great guy, wonderful Christian man, and he, he told me a story. He said, when I was 16 years old, God spoke to me to be a businessman for him. And, and, uh, and, and, and I, he said, and so, you know, I started going about that. He was in, he's in the pallet business. He makes pallets. You probably don't appreciate a pallet, but most of the stuff you've got today came on a pallet. Okay, well, he makes, he's got 25 plants, okay? 500,000 pallets a week. Yeah, just, so, just kind of give you perspective, okay? But he said early on, he said I was, uh, in, in, and he told me this story. I thought it was very interesting. He said, I was in church, and I got offended at my pastor, and I left. And he said, my business wasn't doing real good. And he said, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're offended. You need to go back and ask your pastor to forgive you, and I'll bless you. Now, it takes a big person to do that. It takes a person who's training their heart in the right direction. It takes somebody who's willing to swallow their pride and say, I am sorry Because, see, if you can't say those words or if you can't repent, that's a Bible word, but it means to change. Turn around. Go a different direction. If you can't do that, your heart is going to start being trained in the wrong direction. That man who was at that time already successful had to do what his heart said in order for God to use him the way he needed to be used now i'm just about finished but i've got i've got some questions for you okay where is your heart today okay first of all is it distracted from god's plan for you you know one of the one of the first things you can find out whether you're really training your heart right or not is god what do you want what is your plan what is your future what is your purpose for me not just today, tomorrow. This businessman, when God gave him that about being, uh, uh, being a businessman for, for the kingdom, investing financially in the kingdom, but it was more than that. He has, listen, he has a chaplain at every one of his plants. He's taking it serious. Why? Because it's God's plan for his life. And, and, and I was talking to him and I asked him, uh, I said, because I was sitting next to him at dinner, and I said, um, I asked him, I said, well, what do you do now? And he said, mainly what I do is I go to the plants and I talk to my executives and make sure the culture of our company is to reach people for Jesus. That's, that's what he does. Why? Because he's not getting distracted from God's plan for his life. See, it's so easy today to get distracted by things, get, get, get distracted, you know, by what you want in life, and it's more important than what God wants, and all sorts of things can happen in your life if you allow yourself to be distracted from God's plan for your life. If that's not on your mind, 
Something's wrong. Maybe little, but it's wrong. Here's another one. Has your heart become cold and callous to the things of God? Could you sit here today while we were worshiping and say, wonder when this is going to be over? Uh, it's almost time for, hope this worship's fixing to be over. I, I don't. See, I've had people actually say that at our church. I've actually had people leave our church because they said, we just don't feel any anointing here. And I, I'm thinking, and I'm talking about the campus in Shreveport. I, I, I'm, it's the same thing here, by the way. Um, I just don't feel any anointing. You know what? It isn't us. You've gotten callous. Something's in your heart that shouldn't be there. Here's another one. Have the cares of this life overwhelmed your heart? You know, I, I, I like you, we have had many challenges in my life that could overwhelm my life, but I'm not going to let my heart break down. The Bible tells me that a strong heart will sustain you even when you're sick. It will sustain you if your heart's right. But see, so many people, they get so busy or maybe things don't go right. Maybe they have problems in their life. And, and, and everybody's got problems. If I ask for a show of hands and you didn't raise your hand, you got a problem, you're a liar. <laughs> because everybody has issues. But the point is, how are you responding to it? What's in your heart? Is your heart cold and callous toward the things of God? Has, have the cares of this life overwhelmed your heart? Here's another one. You ready? Has anger and bitterness blocked your heart from the fullness God desires? It is sad to me to watch people who let anger, but even more than that, bitterness enter their heart and enter their life and literally block their heart from being able to commune with God. How about selfishness and the constant justification of life that, block, that blocks the sincerity of a pure heart? This is probably the hardest one because most people who are narcissistic, who are selfish people, think you're the problem. They're hard to get to. Because they can always justify their life and why they're not what they ought to be or why they don't have to do what you do. Don't be one of those people. Keep a humble, open heart before God and quit looking in the mirror because it's not about you. See, I just got somebody got mad at me about that just now, but that's your problem, not mine. All right, here's another one. Have hurts and wounds bound your heart to unforgiveness? Well, you don't know what they did. I know what Jesus did. Hey, you, there is nothing you can justify in your life as a born-again child of God. Listen to me. There is nothing that you can justify to hold unforgiveness toward anybody compared to what God did for you through his son, Jesus. You've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. All right, last one. Has sin, okay, listen to me. 
Has sin confused your heart and blocked your heart from receiving God's forgiveness? Do you know how many people are living today as Christians under condemnation about something they did? See, sin, when you get into sin, it confuses your heart. Because that's not you. That's not what God created you to be. And, and all, he, all he's saying is, look, don't let the devil tell you you can't be forgiven. Don't let your heart get confused. Every person in this room has had to ask God to forgive them many times. It's okay. That's why Jesus died. Not so you would be perfect, but because you can be forgiven. But if you keep that sin or you keep living a life of sin, it confuses your heart and you literally can get to the point where, well, God won't forgive me. He forgave you while you were out there living that ugly life. How much more now? How much more? Well, what do I do? All right, here it is. This is the last scripture. I'm just about finished. Listen to this. Here's the last scripture. Psalm 139, listen to this, verse 23 and 24. Listen. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my thoughts. Point out everything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Let me tell you something. If you do that, he is going to show you. He's going to guide you. He's going to instruct you no matter where you are right this moment in your heart. All you have to do is humble yourself. Lord, search me. Show me. And he does every time. Would you bow your heads with me, please?